Well, I get to introduce to you someone who I met only five minutes ago. <laughs> and guess, guess what the great part is? I'm risking everything. No, 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 no. I'm not, I'm not. I know his heart. I know his spirit. And I, we, know, we know the McKeans and we know the Arsenals. We know a whole bunch of people in here that say these guys are, are A1. So you got, you got some impressing to do, my brother. I'm waiting. I'm waiting for something huge. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. I'm saying all this to, to really just say we just, we just we receive you guys. Come and, and just minister. You have liberty to do whatever. You, I'm not afraid of you. Come on. Everyone else might be, but I'm not. <laughs> well, I've never had an introduction like that before. <laughs> I'm not afraid of you. <laughs> no, no pressure. Praise the Lord. I don't know what it is. My preaching ability or my ex-cop. I don't know what that is, but amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So what are you all doing hiding up here in New Hampshire? Praise the Lord. Amen. How many people knows that you're here for such a time as this and strategically positioned, located in God, in the mighty name of Jesus? Can you just lift your hands with me one more time? That just was beautiful. Um, I tell you, just something God said to me for this year was it's just going to be plain, simple, and salty. That's no big message. You know, I wish I had the premium on the word of the Lord. It was just going to be plain, simple, and salty, you know, but hallelujah. Just now, Father God, we just say that drops on us right now, plain, simple, and salty. This is a year of clarity, of solutions, Father God, of understandings. We just, we receive it in the name of, we declare it, Father, like the song says, we're going to see the victory in the name of Jesus this year because the battle belongs to you, and we receive it in the mighty name of Jesus. I also... I also sensed this when I was coming in tonight, that the well is about to erupt. In the name of Jesus, I, I sense just something so deep in the well that it's bubbling, bubbling, bubbling. There's nothing anybody can do about it, but I tell you, this thing is about to come up like a fountain in the name. Now, you, you, you'll get used to my accent, praise the Lord, amen. It's, it's an accent just north of Laconia, praise the Lord, <laughs> amen. But... <laughs> <laughs> Say about it, the well's about to explode in the name of Jesus. Whoa, gosh, we praise God for this in the name of Jesus. The other thing that, that I believe that I'm supposed to minister on tonight is fathers in the name of Jesus. You think to yourself, well, that's a strange message for a Friday night. What's that all about? But uh, I just believe, and I'm going to speak this over this couple right here, is that God's not looking for people just to lead churches. He's looking for parents. He's looking for people to father and to mother a generation that is coming now. If you have that heart, that heart of love, just like when you asked me tonight when I came in and said, is there anything that you need? I said, I just need a little loving. Amen. And I believe that that's your hearts that are so vast, so sizable, and people have not seen the half of what it is that you're about to produce through that love. When other people want to make war, you want to just love the hell out of people, and I see that in the name of Jesus. So there is a very strong parental anointing that is going to increase and increase on your lives. And while other people are trying to fit you into a mold, God says, I've already broken that years ago before you ever got here. And the Krovomasal Bimil Kavaya Stretch your hands towards them right now. There's a very specific, unique call upon your lives. It's very precious. 
Anna Kofra, where other people, it would frustrate them. It doesn't frustrate you. There seems to be this uh, patience about you. But I also see this in the, in, the, in the spirit. You're going to be very powerful of being able to frame people's lives and give them the guidelines for them to be able to build their lives back from what it was into what it is that God is saying that it's supposed to be. But it's a very parental anointing that you have on you. And other people would say, well, that's not really pastoral, but you'll come back and say, but this is the heart of a father. This is the heart of a mother. And I say, See this, where people have misjudged you in the past, I'll tell you there's going to be a greater acceptance to everyone that has misjudged you or misrepresent you. There's going to be that acceptance coming now in these days, says the Spirit of the Lord, with the eruption of of this well. There's going to be a strength that comes now of an acceptance. Something very powerful. So, Father God, I just thank you in this day, Father God, in this in this new decade, just as Miles just said, Father God, I thank you that you're showing them what it is, Father God, that you're going to hold their feet to the track. Father God, even though it looks like it's off grid, even though it looks like it's uncharted waters, Father God, I thank you just that love that you've placed in their heart and their place in you and your place in them, Father, will just reach beyond, Father God, that which people says could be reached. So there will be such a strength that will be derived from the hearts of them, Father, with your power, with your anointing, and Father God, and just that, just that, Akomzea, and the Benestano Barbato from Anna, oh, Bramishkoya, Ministola da Brana, that ability to be able to love what other people said could not be loved. But it is that. It's, it's, it's not you saying, I'm looking for this in the fivefold. Yes, it is fivefold, but, but it comes with the heart of a father and the heart of a mother. And what other pastors could not put up with, you are willing to put up with because you see beyond the veneer of and you And I heard the Spirit Lord say this that you have done well at looking, looking at the potential of the individual rather than the presence state of a person in a chroma and the Lord is going to develop this in you and the strength of the word of knowledge is going to come to you in the name of Jesus and even when I was ministering today uh, ministering to the Lord I heard the Lord say because of the well you know the lady says I perceive that you are a prophet I don't know you very well at five minutes praise the Lord but I can tell you this that there is the strength of the prophet that rests upon your lives and the comes to Yes, yes, and there's going to be a strong zealousness, a zealousness of a fervency that is going to proceed out of you in a strength in the name of Jesus. The things <coughs> that have mocked you and mocked this territory, you're going to rise with a voice and a strength, says the Spirit of the Lord. You're going to rise with such a strength and a fire in the name of Jesus. And because your motive is right and your heart is right and you've accepted the heart of the father and the mother to parent that which needs to be parented God will bring you children and a kamzel to vombra pramala torma great will be the throw of your voice it's going to increase get ready for this in this next decade it's about to increase the throw of it the footprint is increasing in the name of Jesus but because your motive is correct and accurate this is going to go well says the spirit 
Spirit of the Lord. Because the heart is right, your eyes are on me. And so, Father God, come on, stretch your hands towards these pastors. We bless them, Father God, this Friday night. Father God, in February, in the name of Jesus, we plead the blood of Jesus over them. We declare, Father God, all weapon formed against them shall not prosper. In Jesus' precious name, every word that was constructed against them, we bring to naught in the name of Jesus. And Father God, we just release this new decade upon them in the name of Jesus, Father God. And we receive them as parents in the body of Christ, Father God, that it will be known in the for their love, for the people, for the sons and daughters of God. And we give you praise for that right now in Jesus' precious name. Come on, let's just give him praise and honor. Hallelujah. Come on, just give him praise and honor. Woo, come on, give him praise and honor. Come on, just give him praise and honor. We give him praise and honor. We give you praise. Come on, if you're going to shift the atmosphere, if you're going to change, come on, the topography, come on, of New Hampshire, you got to get a little shout, you got to get a little stronger, and you got to know that God has got a plan, and the plan was sure before you ever got here, and before this Friday ever got here, God already knew how this would fit into the future. When I was worshiping, God reminded me in a place in Ireland near Avoca, and it's a place of the meeting of the waters. Do you know when water comes together that has never worked together before, sometimes there is a bubbling, it goes fast, there's an up, it just seems like there's just a, a tumult or a, it goes tumultuous. But then just after a couple of minutes, just of that, that newness of rivers coming together. Everybody say rivers coming together. Amen. After that, just turbulence of that moment of, of, of the awkwardness of new waters. Because this river has never flowed this way before. This river has never flowed this way before. And two rivers have never met to flow as one before. Amen. And so if you go to this place in Avoca where it's the meeting of the waters, you will see that they come. And it's just ever so nice and ever so nice until they hit. And then just all of a sudden, these waters just get just, just this turbulence. I mean, white water, everything's going. And then just further on down, as the two waters now have got used to working as one, there is a calm that comes again. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the day when rivers are coming together in the name of Jesus. And, you know, initially it may be like turbulent and wondering, oh, my God, what's this? One river here, one river there. What are they doing? What's that river doing? Amen. It's going to be beautiful. Once it all settles down after the turbulence, it's going to be beautiful. I want you to shut it out. It's going to be greater than what we think in the name of Jesus. You know, miles, years ago, I would pray so long over, you know, I couldn't stand the different camps in the body of Christ. I, was, I wasn't brought up in this. I wasn't brought up in church. When I come into the church world, you know, I would hear about this camp and this camp. You know what I'm talking about. You know, this is what they really believe. This is, we're all children of God, but, you know, we have got our, we've got our own, what would you say, flavor. And I couldn't stand it. I was like, my God, I mean, I'm like, I'm, 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 I mean, I can prophesy with anybody. I, I, I can, it's just moving with God, filled with the Spirit of God. But yet somebody wants to categorize me. They want to put me sort of like in a camp. And I says, no, I'm part of the body of Christ. 
And I would go before the Lord, and I knew even in Ephesians 2 where it says, you know, that he's broken down every dividing wall. And I know that, but yet I would see these big walls that separated people groups, you know. And if you knew that somebody was, you know, faith, you know, or somebody was prophetic, you would go, oh, you know, in an instant, you would sum everybody up, you know, okay, I know where you are now. You don't even know me, but you have located me because of the people group that I'm supposed to be part. So I would go to this, and I'd go to the Lord, and i said, Lord, I take authority over these walls. So I went to a meeting in a, in a state, you know, it was a large, large meeting. The person that was minister, my spirit was going like a washing machine. How many people knows what that, that meant? Just, it was just turning over and over and over. I was just so touched by God. And, you know, my associate pastor at the time, you know, from Ireland, uh, you know, behind my back, went to speak to the minister and say, you know, can you pray with my pastor? We're about to get on a plane, flying back to Ireland. And uh, I, all I knew that I was being ushered out into the humidity, you know. And this minister's just standing there began to prophesy to me. It says, listen, you've been taking authority over these walls. You've been taking authority over these walls that divide, you know. And yes, you know, you're right. But you're going to be instrumental in a very different way. You're going to cause and help to cause and help the waters to rise higher than the walls that separate so that the ducks from every pond will start swimming together. Amen. Shut a big amen. Amen. And I just believe that this is a day, guys. Amen. Everybody has a part to play. If you believe that, shut a big amen. Everybody, everybody has a part to contribute. Amen. One thing that I've been saying to even our folks back in Tulsa is that, guys, we're in the days, amen, that we got to receive, yes, the spirit of wisdom, counsel of might. But there's another little bit in the back of that that says that we are not to judge by the sight of our eye. Amen. And I just believe that that's a very safe stance for every single one of us to take. Amen. That as the waters are coming together and the rivers are beginning to meet, even in the times of turbulence when everybody's getting used to each other and the ducks are beginning to swim in each other's backyard. Amen. I just believe it's very good to know that God's got this. Look at your neighbor and say, God's got this. So it's my honor in the name of Jesus to come in tonight and I was standing car and, you know, I was just, you know, just getting ready and things like that. And I said, you know, we go from so many meetings. We go from so many prayer meetings. We go from, we just seem to be in a constant state of, of moving uh, with the Lord. And, you know, sometimes it's like, you know, it's like, okay, God, what is it that you want to say? And uh, there's just something very powerful that I can to say tonight. And I want to speak to you about what, what, God, what God wants to, to do through raising up fathers. You say, well, I'm a woman. How does that speak to me tonight? Come on, raise up and be a mother in the body of Christ. And, I, you know, as I've addressed, as honor and honor given to the leaders here, amen, I believe that now we as the body of Christ, we have a right to receive, amen, what they have received. Because, I, you know, when somebody receives a prophetic word, I don't know about you, but, you know, I lift my hand and say, Lord, whatever part of that's for me, I take it. And, you know, if that's my pastor that's receiving the prophetic word, then I lift my hand and say, you know what, I receive that in the name of Jesus because the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. Amen. And this is a divine alignment. And I receive. It's good enough for pastor. It's good enough for me. Can I have a big amen? Amen. And if it's good enough for dad, it's good enough for the son. Praise the Lord. So if you stay close enough to that prophetic unction, then you're going to receive the benefit of that prophetic unction. Also, so if it's okay with you, Pastor, I'm going to minister just, you know, regarding just examples of great fatherhood. You know, this is not a typical message that I would necessarily minister, but I sense it so strong in my spirit, and I'm going to have to go with the Lord if that's okay with you. Praise the Lord. Number one, I want to bring to you Noah. 
Noah was the great protector. I believe in this day because there is a war of righteousness that is upon us. And we're rising up as that righteous branch. We're rising up as that strike against the, the assault of darkness. Amen. We're going to have to see that of a Noah and the attributes of Noah rise up within us and that of protector. Everybody say protector. <laughs> Now, I'm trying not to get up into your preach, but I feel the preach on me, praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. So Noah, the protector was to lead one's family to God and the saving of future generations. We have a responsibility to the saving of future generations. One person could say, but the Lord is coming. But let me tell you, ladies and gentlemen, we have an obligation until the Lord returns that we're just not working for today, but we are laying up treasure, I'm telling you, for tomorrow. If you believe us, shout a big amen. Our children's coming. Our grandchildren are coming. I'm in the season where... You know, my, my, my son, he got married last year, praise the Lord, you know, to a beautiful Latino girl. Amen. And, and now, praise the Lord, you know, sooner or later, grandchildren are going to come. Amen. <laughs> I'm not old enough for that, ladies and gentlemen, but they're going to come whether I'm old enough or not. <laughs> Every time they talk about children, I say, it's not my, I don't sense it in the spirit. It's not time. <laughs> Hebrews 11, 7 says this, prompted by faith, Noah being forewarned by God. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm happier than you think I am. Don't be moved by my face right now. Prompted by faith, Noah being, I'm a little bit mischievous. You can cast it out of me, but I, I'm a little bit mischievous. You know, it's, it's just a demon I didn't want to get rid of. Praise the Lord. Prompted by faith, Noah being forewarned by God concerning events of which, as yet there was no visible sign, took heed and diligently and reverently constructed and prepared an ark for the deliverance of his own family. I'd like you to just even take this a little note in your phone or whatever you're working with is that even if you don't see what you know is coming, you have to act on the unseen. Too many people are rummaging around what they see, what they hear, what is now. But I tell you, God always moves in us for the future. Amen. Even he will have you do things that makes no sense to another person, makes no sense to another human being. But I tell you, it doesn't need to make sense. All we need to do is to respond to the voice of God and to act by faith. If you believe that, shout a big amen. Amen. So look what he did. By this, his faith, which relied on God, he passed judgment and sentence on the world's unbelief and became an heir and a possessor of righteousness. That relation of being right into which God puts the person who has faith. Amen. Genesis 6 in verse 8 says, But Noah found grace and favor in the eyes of the Lord. This is the history of the generations of Noah. Noah was a just and righteous man. Amen. I just want you to highlight that as well because I believe that this is going to be a powerful strike, an offensive strike against the powers of darkness. Because what we're needing now, ladies and gentlemen, is that righteous weapon of God, amen, to rise within our territories. Why? Because it doesn't matter what stream you are, what river you're flowing, amen, we are the body of Christ, amen. And you know that, that we are the ecclesia. That means we are the governing authority of God on the earth. We are seated, Ephesians 2, in heavenly places. Places far above all principalities and powers, and that is where we derive our kingship so that we can rule and reign. If you believe that, shut up, big amen. Amen. This is the truth now. 
doesn't matter what's going on. We have been given an assignment by God. Amen. We've been given the gifts of the Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit to operate within us so that we can be clothed with power from on high so that when we step out into this world, we don't step out naked. We step out clothed with the glory of God. And in this glory is everything that we possibly could need for this time that we live in. You know, we've been shouting for years, wakey, wakey. It is time for this great awakening. Look at your neighbor and say, wakey, wakey, honey, bunny. Come on. I mean, it is time for the great awakening. <laughs> but we become so used to our surroundings, so used to our, our customs, our cultures, even our church cultures. And sometimes, you know, we come in fire and then we settle in, you know, and then we want to warm ourselves at the fire. I'll speak to this little group right here. <laughs> Amen. We can't move as the church to just warming ourselves at the fire. We have to stay awake. Amen. Remember Esther. Amen. She got held up in the palace. She'd been there about a year. She'd, she got used to bathing in goat's milk. Amen. She got used to the fineries and the lovely lifestyle of the palace. And when Mordecai came and said, okay, Esther, it's your time. Now, the reason you're up there bathing in that goat's milk is because God has positioned you to deliver a people. When Esther heard that it was time, she said, <laughs> let's talk about this. Mort, things are pretty good right now. <laughs> things are pretty good right now and uh you know so mordecai he's kind of like <laughs> i'm gonna sort this little girl out praise the lord and he said he says listen if you will not do this god will raise up another i want you to look at your neighbor and say no one's taking my place in the name of jesus Amen. We can be used to the goodness of God. We sing songs about he's a good, good father. We become used to the goodness of God. We become nearly like, you know, levitators in the goodness of God. And we love it. I love it. I could have done three more hours with you all tonight. Come on. Amen. Let's just, let's just percolate and let's just, you know, just sit here for a while. Well, what if somebody doesn't preach? What if somebody didn't preach? What if God showed up himself and spoke to us? How many people's ready for that? <laughs> I hope this is okay, Miles, because this is all I got. Praise the Lord. <laughs> pastor, pastor can fix it later. Praise the Lord. <laughs> but it's all right. I never, I haven't yet not been invited back. <laughs> Maybe tonight's the first. <laughs> But I believe there's a kindred spirit in this place. Mocking spirits trying to mock you, trying to destroy you, trying to take your future, your destiny from you, trying to kill off your dream. I say dream again, ladies and gentlemen. The future's bright. Come on, if you believe it, shout amen. Come on, you can prophesy me up, up one side of the street and down the other side of the street. But I'm looking to see some victory. I'm looking to see some power. I'm looking to see streets safe to dwell in. Once in a while, the cop comes out on me. 
was 14 years of anti-terrorism. I tried to keep it hidden, but once in a while, the veins start to pop and the cop, the cop, up comes the cop, you know. <laughs> I'm just preparing you ahead of time just in case you think, oh, wow. That guy should have stayed in Ireland. How many people have ever been to Ireland? Let me see. How many people would love to go to Ireland? There's a plane leaving Boston in the morning at 10 o'clock. That's how easy it is. You know, my wife's flying on a flight to Ireland tomorrow for $154. And here you are thinking that it's too expensive. Aer Lingus, guys, $154. Look at your neighbor and say, I might go on that flight myself. Praise the Lord. Mm. Look at your neighbor and say, favor. It says here, Noah walked in habitual fellowship with God. This is key. And Noah became the father of three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. God had a plan. In verse 18, it says this, I will establish my covenant, my promise, my pledge with you. And you shall come into the ark, you and your sons and your wife, and your sons' wives with you. And of every living, living thing of all flesh found on the land. I'd like you also to put another note in your, in your phone that I believe that we're in the decade of household salvations. Come on, anybody want to agree with me that there? I'm telling you, it's going to be a sweeping. You take a look at Lydia. You take a look at Cornelius. You take a look at these people's lives. Amen. They, the jailer, they were swept gloriously into the kingdom, they and their families. Look what God is saying to Noah. You and your sons, you and your family are going in with you. And of every living thing of all flesh found on land, in chapter 8, verse 1, it says, And God earnestly remembered Noah and every living thing and all the animals that were brought into the ark. Verse 20, And Noah built an altar to the Lord. Amen. This is at the end of 150 days. The waters had diminished. And Noah built an altar to the Lord and took of every clean four-footed animal and of every clean fowl or bird and offered burnt offerings on the altar. When the Lord smelt the pleasing odor, a scent of satisfaction to his heart, the Lord said to himself, I will never again curse the ground. I mean, even tonight in worship, what a beautiful incense of worship rising to the Lord. Come on, that we made ourselves, amen, a place of an altar, a place that we can just bring our sacrifice to God and just say, you know, Lord, in spite of everything, it doesn't matter what's going on in the busyness of my life. I worship you with all of my heart, with all of my mind, and with all of my, uh, my soul. In verse 22, it says this, While the earth remains, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, and day and night shall not cease. The message translation in verse 7 says this, I'll get rid of my ruined creation, make a clean sweep, people, animals, snakes, bugs, birds, the works. I'm sorry I made them, but Noah was different. I want you to look at your neighbor and say, I'm different too. And it goes on to say here is that God liked what he saw. Praise the Lord. I love that, ladies and gentlemen. God liked what he saw. You know, in spite of your hang-ups, in spite of what's going on in your life, I believe because of the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and because we're made in the image of God and because when God sees us, he does not see us as ourselves. He sees us through Jesus. I believe that when God looks at us, he likes what he sees. Praise the Lord. Look at your neighbor and say, you're off the hook. Praise the Lord. Amen. Number two, great fathers, Abraham. How can we talk about fathers and we do not talk about father Abraham? Amen. Just as, as uh, Noah 
praise the Lord, was protector. Look at Abraham. What can we say about him? But Abraham, trustworthy. He was a man that was full of faith, and he was persuaded beyond all doubt. I wonder where we can find men just like this. I believe they're among us, and I believe that they are rising. If you believe that, shout amen. In Romans 4, 1 to 3, it says this in the message translation. So how do we fit that we know of Abraham, our first father in the faith? Into this new way of looking at things, if Abraham, by what he did for God, got God to approve him, he could certainly have taken credit for it. But the story we're given is a God story, not an Abraham story. What we read in scripture is Abraham entered into what God was doing for him, and that was the turning point. I want you to shout it out. We're at the turning point. He trusted and God, uh, he trusted God to set him right instead of trying to be right on his own. You see, guys, these fathers that are rising now, we don't want to do this on our own. We know that we don't have the goods. We know that the goods the Father has for us. You see, truly a healthy fathership is to know the fatherhood of God and the true fatherhood, that Father's heart of our Heavenly Father. You see, I believe that there's something that is happening, triggered by God tonight, even in this place, even if you're visiting. Ladies and gentlemen, it is time to rise as the fathers and the mothers of the church. It is time to receive children unto ourselves and to begin to love them and love them in such a fashion that we're not trying to make them within our own power what we think they should be, but we simply are there to help them and help shape them into what God has already created them to be. Amen. One confession that I I've had for years and I've led thousands in this. I am becoming what I already am. Praise the Lord in God. I am becoming what I already am. Are you doing all right tonight? Praise the Lord. Amen. Shut it out. It's all going to be good. Praise the Lord. Yes, it is. Abraham entered into what God was doing for him. And that was the turning point. He trusted God to set him right instead of trying to be right on his own. I love this, guys. In verse 17 and 18, we call Abraham father, not because he got God's attention by living like a saint, but because God made something out of Abraham when he was a nobody. Isn't that what we've always read in scripture? God saying to Abraham, I set you up as father of many nations. Abraham was first named father and then became a father because he dared to trust God to do what only God can do. Raise the dead to life with a word, make something out of nothing. I declared over you tonight that God is making something out of nothing. In the name of Jesus, look at this tonight. If it wasn't for the faithfulness of this couple and the people that have partnered with them and become their family spiritually, this place would not exist for us to be able to operate tonight as a body. You think about this tonight, a combination probably that has never came together before. Amen. Why does God do that? Because he wants to produce just something that needed to be done that has never been done before. Amen. That's why he brings us together. Right place, right time with the right people in the name of Jesus. Praise the Lord. I tell people all the time, you have something that I need. I'm not looking your wallet. I'm not looking your pocket, but I am looking the supply of the spirit of Jesus Christ. Amen. That wants to flow out of you like a river because in your heart, you have something that I need. Within me, I have something that you need and together we can produce what's Someone else needs, praise the Lord, amen, 
because we have agreed to work together. I saw this years ago when I was praying, ladies and gentlemen. I'm known for a little bit of prayer. But I saw this years ago, and I saw this massive vault door in the basement. Amen. This huge basement, you know, this big structure. Amen. On the front of it was this digital readout of numbers. And the Spirit of the Lord says, Paul, you can't open this door on your own because you're only one of those little numbers up there. But there are many numbers that make up this code, this key that will unlock this. He says, I will bring the people together that will be able to open this door together because one man cannot open it on their own. You know, we stand the doors of destiny, ladies and gentlemen, and we're trying our best to get through that door to open that door. But we can't and we were never supposed to open that door alone because there are others in this numerical sequence is supposed to open that door with us. If you believe us, shout a big amen. It's so powerful. There is nothing in God is about being independent. It's all about God bringing us together because we have a greater purpose and a greater power. Amen. That the spirit of the world cannot resist and cannot stand against. Why? Because we are stronger together. One will set a thousand to flight. Two will set ten. What can we? Pastor said it himself. A hundred people hold a knife. Amen. In this room tonight. I mean, what can we not, not do together? We came so that we could just get, you know, a pretty word time and get a little message and go home and our worlds just be the same I'm saying in the name of Jesus change is coming to our lives come on shut it out change is coming to my lives maybe I'm asking you to repeat too much but I'm a crowd participation speaker amen I preach you preach we all preach your pulpit right now is your lap slap yourself happy if you have to amen but I tell you stay awake Why do you do that? I don't know, but it feels terrific. <laughs> wow, it's right down in here. Praise the Lord. Wow. Some of you are trying to be too normal still. Look at Janeiro say, I'm getting delivered tonight. In the name of Jesus, some people still try, you're still trying to be what people want you to be. It's like, you know, did I say that right? Did I do that right? Did I prophesy right? You know, did, did, was that word right? You know, you see how it fits. You know, let me tell you, if you're still having to see how it fits, then you're not doing it right. <laughs> I went quiet in this Presbyterian church. <laughs> I said I'm a little mischievous, but I'm trying to keep it down. <laughs> Praise the Lord. At least until we get to a second, you know, visit. Praise the Lord. <laughs> he plunged. <laughs> Look at this. <laughs> Verse 19, Abraham didn't focus. <laughs> oh, this last three days, I'm telling you, I've tried to preach. And I, I, I have done a pitiful job. <laughs> Everywhere I've went, I have just been a lousy mess. <laughs> I was supposed to be the preacher. <sighs> but I tell you what, Dad doesn't get with their kids. You know why my kids want to hang around me? Because we have a good time. And when we play, we laugh. You know, we slap each other. We have a big time. 
you know, Josh, you know, he's 23. He's six foot, six foot three, as strong as an ox. You know, he can take me. Don't tell him, but he can really take me. And I tell you, it's just, it's just amazing to think. You know why our kids are still around? Because we like to have fun. God to us is fun, ladies and gentlemen. As a child, I used to grab him in beneath me when I was praying and travailing in the spirit and prophesying. I wouldn't leave the kids out there, you know, just building Lego. I mean, we'd bring them in. We'd get them up into us. I would get into places in God, and I'd hold on to Joshua, and I'd said I would pray it and prophesy it, and I said, Father, whatever you've given me, he receives the double in the name of Jesus. He receives the impartation. It's not just about some time in his adulthood that you just bring your son in and lay your hands upon him and just say, there you go, son. You got the transfer. No, the transfer happens throughout their lives. Amen. You train them up in the way that they should go, that when they're old, they will not depart from it. That's not just you just speaking the word to them and trying to brainwash them. That's important to them. The life of the Spirit going to talk to this section that's true right now this side this side here's a little you're a little noisier than this side <laughs> I'm going to grade you this side's about a six right now this side you're about a five but you you got to come up amen how many people believe we've got something to shout about I mean, what would happen in Kingston if you just shouted unto God with the voice of triumph? Amen. Everybody else is like, oh, my God, they're coming to take us away. Oh, oh he, he injured us up in here by the Spirit shouting and roaring. And they're like, those, those people in there, they're just weird. Until they need answers. Until they meet you at a well. And they say, I perceive that you are a prophet, I perceive. Why? Because we're going to tell people things that no man ever told us. If you believe that, lift your hand and say, I'll take it right there. Come on, this is the day of the mobilization of the church. It's the day of the activation of the saints. Ladies and gentlemen, it's not about a Pentecostal move or a charismatic move. It's about the day of the saints. We're there. We're here. We're not looking for another 20 generations. I honestly believe we're in the time of the Lord's return. I believe we're in this slither, this time of the end of days. He's coming. Amen. And I'm telling you, I can hardly wait for his appearing. Amen. But until he comes, we got to work. How do we work? Verse 19, Abraham, <laughs> don't mind me, Pastor Miles and myself, we're just working together here, praise the Lord. Abraham didn't focus on his own impotence and say it's hopeless. This hundred-year-old body could never father a child, nor did he survey Sarah's decades of infertility and give up. He didn't tiptoe around God's promise, asking cautiously skeptical questions. He plunged into the promise and came up strong, ready for God, sure that God would make good on what he had said. How many people believe God's going to make good on what he said? That's why it is said Abraham was declared fit before God by trusting God to set him right. Praise the Lord. I believe that if God can do that for Abraham, he can do that for me. The third person I want to introduce to you is Moses. Amen. Just like Noah had a place. 
Abraham had a place, and now Moses has a place. What can we say about Moses? Moses was raised up as a father to be a deliverer. Not only a deliverer for his family, but the deliverer for a nation. I want you just to lift your hands, pray with me just for a minute or two, because I believe that God is raising up fathers, mothers, that are going to be deliverers of regions, territories. They're going to be deliverers of, of just communities and neighborhoods. I honestly believe this with all my heart. Amen. They're going to be a monocoflamla zoflanza, a necrochelenzela papramanas, comropotoskanaya. And I want to prophesy this to you, just like I've put in a note here with Moses. Anybody can become a somebody. In the name of Jesus, I'm going to speak that into your spirit. Anybody can become a somebody. I'm going to say it again. Anybody can become a somebody. Come on, say it with me. I, I can become somebody in the name of Jesus. Amen. In chapter 3 in the book of Exodus, it says this. Moses was shepherding the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian. He led the flock to the west end of the wilderness and came to the mountain of God, Horeb. The angel of God appeared to him in flames of fire blazing out of the middle of a bush. He looked. The bush was blazing away, but it didn't burn up. And Moses says, what's going on here? I can't believe this. This is amazing. Why doesn't the bush burn up? In verse 4, it says this, God saw that he had stopped to look. God called him from out of the bush. Moses, Moses, he said, yes, I'm right here. Sometimes, ladies and gentlemen, we're about to see things that amaze us. You must not be so quick to move on. You must stop to have a look. Here it says very clearly that Moses stopped to have a look, and God recognized it. Tonight, as we were worshiping, what did we do? We stopped. We stopped our lives, and we took on the worship and the adoration of our Father. We loved Jesus with all of our hearts. There was no religion of any sort. It was a free place so that we could just worship God out of the beauty of our own hearts and the adoration of what Jesus has, to become, has become to us. Ladies and gentlemen, do not underestimate the power of worship. It has a place, praise the Lord. I always say worship is like enzymes, praise the Lord. It makes way for what God wants to say, praise the Lord, and helps you to digest it. Amen. Worship is so potent. It is so powerful. And you have worship in this place. Amen. It says this here. Yes, I'm right here, Moses responded. And God said, don't come any closer, but remove your sandals from your feet because you are standing on holy ground. I believe that God is raising up deliverers, ladies and gentlemen. I want you to shout it out. I am one of those. Come on, say it again. I am one of those. God said to Moses, I am your God, the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. Moses hid his face, afraid to look at God. In verse 7, it says, God said, I've taken a good long look at the affliction of my people in Egypt. I've heard their cries for deliverance from their slave masters, and I know all about their pain. And now I have come down to help them. I want you to shout it out. He is among us to help us. Oh, come on, say it again. He is among us to help us. He says to Moses, pry them loose from the grip of Egypt. Get them out of that country and bring them to a good land with wide open spaces, a land lush with milk 
and honey. In verse 9 and 10, it says, Israel cry, Israelite cry, for help has come to me, and I've seen for myself how cruelly they've been treated by the Egyptians. It's time for you to go back. I'm sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the people of Israel, out of Egypt. I honestly believe, even by the prophets and what they have been declaring, as we've come into this new decade, ladies and gentlemen, amen, what a decade. It's amazing. I was talking to Miles before this. You've been 20 years in ministry. We just have celebrated 20 years in ministry. Praise the Lord. And, you know, the two groups, we are now entering into a fresh new decade at the birth of a fresh new decade, even as the Hebrew calendar will dictate it. But this is a time for us to speak. Look at your neighbor and say, this is the most important time for you to use your mouth. Amen. We're to use it accurately, and we are to use it in the way that is most, most fitting for heaven's influence among us. In the name of Jesus, God says to Moses, I will be with you. I want you to shout it out. God is with me. He will never leave me nor forsake me. We know, ladies and gentlemen, what happened. Amen. Even through the plagues, even through all the upheaval, God kept his people in the midst of, of, uh, of protection. Amen. As Moses then led them out, Pharaoh says, okay, I'll let you go. Praise the Lord. And I tell you, the rest is history. And so God is raising up fathers. He's raising up deliverers. If you believe that, shut another big amen. amen. Number four, we're nearly finished. You're very patient with me. Number four, David. What can I say about David? He is a conqueror. How many people believe that God is raising up conquerors? Amen. amen. Do you know one thing that my son will tell it? tell his friends and all of those different things is that, you know, listen to my dad. He knows what he's saying. Why? Because Joshua has lived with me all his life. He has seen it. Even when it wasn't so bad, he saw us holding in with God. And I tell you, no matter what went wrong in our lives, it never was God's issue. We made it sure that God ruled supreme in our house. And today, ladies and gentlemen, we raise up a second generation who knows that God is good. Amen. The Father of lights in whom there is no variance or shadow of turning, according to James chapter 1, verse 17. Shout it out. I am a conqueror. Amen. David, his confidence publicly came from what he did privately. I'm going to say that again. David's confidence publicly came from what he did privately. I'm going to say it one more time. Amen. As a conqueror, his confidence publicly came from what he did privately. Amen. 1 Samuel 16, 10 to 13, 17 to 21. Amen. If I don't get to it, amen, it's there for you to go over it again. Jesse made seven of his sons pass before Samuel, and Samuel said to Jesse, the Lord has not chosen any of these. Then he said to Jesse, are all your sons here? Jesse said, there is yet the youngest. He is tending sheep. Samuel said to Jesse, send for him, for we will not sit down to eat until he is here. Jesse sent and brought him. David had a healthy reddish complexion and beautiful eyes and was fine looking, just like me. Praise the Lord. The Lord said to Samuel, look at this now. The Lord said to the prophet, arise, anoint him, this is he. He didn't look to everybody else like this was the guy. But God does not. You must never forget this, and I know that this is preached a lot. But in context of what God is saying to us tonight, you must never forget. We're not supposed, you know, to fit with what everybody thinks we should look like. We are unique. We have a unique... Am I? 
There is such a beautiful uh, uh, component that you play and you bring. We're not supposed to be clones. There is a beauty about our individuality that when it comes together with the body of Christ, it brings such a perfect complement that springs forth into beauty and great power and splendor of God among us. Ladies and gentlemen, there is nothing. I, I, I detest it as a man to live in circles where people are in fear of man. Amen. It is such a demotivating environment. Fear of man should never be anything to do with or influencing in your life. Why? Because because it steals dreams. It robs you of futures. Everybody trying to be what everybody wants them to be. Everybody trying to reach the grade that somebody else has set for them. But yet, here's David. He's just simply, you know, he's just flicking off bears and flicking off lions. And he's just, you know, taking on just, you know, easy stuff. And I, he wasn't even invited to the party, the anointing party. No, it's the truth. You know, some of us, we get offended because we weren't invited, you know, to certain things. Maybe, maybe you're just waiting. Four people responded over here, two in the front. We're such in a, a hurry to get there, guys. But I'll tell you, God's got us where he wants us. If you believe us, shout amen. I love it. I tell pastors and ministers all the time, revel the days of obscurity. Enjoy every single minute of it. Do not despise the day of small beginnings because though your beginning be small, your latter end shall be great. It's only a matter of time. Amen. Do what you can do now when it's private because one of these days is going to become very public. And the power of the public is produced. In the secrecy of the private. And that's the place that is not negotiable. Everything else in my life is negotiable except his place, my place in him, his place in me, and that secret place that we have produced together. It's a room, a beautiful room. And it's the place of not visitation. It's the place of ab abidance. It's the habitation of God. Ladies and gentlemen, we run around the world looking for a place to worship that will fit within our remit of what we think is acceptable. But you must never forget that you yourself have become a place. You carry him. You are the temple of the Holy Ghost. And I tell you, in him, you have become a place. And everywhere you go, you take that place with you. And you can set up tent and know what you are. Somewhere else you are not in that place. If you believe that, shout a big amen. It's the truth. So now David has been accepted, amen, as the conqueror to the anointing party. Amen. He wasn't invited by man, but he was invited by God. That changes the game right there. The prophet was there. Arise and anoint him. This is he. So Samuel took the horn of the oil and anointed David in the midst of his brothers. And the Spirit of the Lord came mightily upon David from that day forward. In verse 17, I want to go to verse 18. One of the young men said, I have seen the son of Jesse, the Bethlehemite, who plays skillfully, a valiant man, a man of war, prudent in speech and eloquent, an attractive person, and the Lord is with him. I declare tonight that you will be known for a person that the Lord is with you. In the name of Jesus, amen. Do you believe this tonight? I believe that you will be known as a person that the Lord is with you. You say, Pastor, what, Paul, what's, what's this got to do with anything? 
ladies and gentlemen, this is the time. This is the time where God is about to reveal his best. You know, the early church started with fire. The end days church is going to have to finish this with fire. Amen. We were baptized in the Holy Spirit and fire. I loved it when Pastor Miles tonight stood up and encouraged us all to pray in the Spirit. I said, this is just like a long drink of water. Why? Because it's the most beautiful thing to be able to pray beyond your ability. Amen. To be able to bypass the human intellect. You know that place that just wants to be the cork in your bottle? And you pray in tongues right out of your spirit. And you speak unto God, not unto man. In a beautiful refreshing of God's presence. Even if you've had a hell of a day, you begin to rise. Because Jude 20 says us that when we pray and build up our most holy faith, we rise, the Amplified says, as an edifice higher and higher higher. Amen. If you don't like the scenery of what you're seeing right now, just pray in the spirit because you're going to rise to a higher view. Praise the Lord. It's the truth. He was known for the person that God was with. I call forth fathers and mothers in the great state of New Hampshire, in the great state of Massachusetts, in the name of Jesus, where God has moved mightily in the past I believe that we're going to look at you again. I have prayed for you for years and years and years. Probably, I told Miles, more than any other part of America, I have prayed for the Northeast. And I believe that there is a reason for that, not because of me uh, or anything like that, but because of God's plan and purpose for the Northeast. He is just looking for a place to break out. I want you to lift your hand and say, we receive this in the name of Jesus. He is just looking for a place to break out. In Acts 13, 22, listen, guys, don't be looking for this move to be like any other move. It's not. It's not going to be like Pensacola. It's not going to be like Toronto. It's not going to be like other places. You can read the books of revival, but it's not even going to be like that. Amen. This is going to be unique because this is the end. And it's going to be powerful. It's going to be glorious. And it is going to be something beyond our wildest dreams, if you believe that. Say, I take it. Amen. <laughs> Acts 13, 22 says, But God removed Saul and rejected him with David, a man about whom God says, I have found David, son of Jesse, a man after my own heart. He will do everything I want him to do. I believe that God is raising up individuals today that will do everything that God wants them to do, that they will have no record for themselves. They will not have motive, praise the Lord. Isn't it nice to be in a, in a pure place tonight? Free from motive. Nobody's trying to preach their message. Nobody's trying to honk their horn. Nobody's trying to do their thing. We're just lovers of Jesus. Amen. And these are the best meetings to be in, ladies and gentlemen. Why? Because, amen, it's wonderful to honor men. But when the Lord is honored among us, power, presence, and love is what happens among us. It is so powerful. I declare it in this place that lives are changing. I declare it in this place that healing springs forth speedily. In the name of Jesus, things physically that we have battled with, we're not going to battle with them any longer. For healing is the children's bread. In the name of Jesus, what will change Kingston in this area is that you worship in here and people around you in the neighborhoods just gloriously getting set free and delivered. No man's 
hand laid upon them in the name of Jesus, but because your purity of worship and because you have built a throne for Jesus to come and sit in in the midst of the people, God begins to direct the service from the midst of the people. We have coined a phrase, ladies and gentlemen, it's the people's move. This is the day and the hour where we're seeing God break out among the people. How many people believe this? I'm telling you, people unsuspecting, unknowing, they don't even know nothing. And the next thing, they went to bed with cancer and got up in the morning cancer-free. Amen. You say, but I, I, would like, I would like them to come to church. Let me tell you, it doesn't matter about them coming to church. It's about God showing up in their lives. It's about an awakening. Look what God has done through previous moves. The awakening in Ulster in 1859. I mean, I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit would come on the region so powerfully that people in the high street, the byways, they would fall out in the Spirit of God. People that, that were not born again, and they would writhe in the, in the dirt because of their sins and God would gloriously convict them and they would be powerfully delivered and set free and they would rise to change a nation. Amen. I declare that we are rising to change a nation. Oh, come on, shut it up. We are rising to change a nation. Come on, say it again. We are rising to change a nation. Number five, and you'll be glad that I'm coming to a finish, is Joseph. Praise the Lord, Jesus died. I wrote that, put it in brackets, because I have such affection for the man who walked with the Son of God. What a guy. He took, he took, which was not his own, and raised him as if he was. That's something there. What God must have thought of Joseph to entrust him with his son. Ladies and gentlemen, this is a heart that God is looking for. He's not looking for Peter perfect, but he is looking for that heart. That heart, just like David's, that wants to do what God desires him to do. Joseph endured the shame of the moment. He took a woman that was pregnant. Something like this had never happened before. People had never heard the like of this before. I can only imagine Joseph's family, what they would have said. Joseph, knucklehead, don't be so deceived. Never had it been heard before that God had overshadowed a woman and made her pregnant. That's weird. And we think that we have a little breakout in service, and we think that's weird. We see a little anointing show up and people shake violently under the power of God. And we think that is weird. No. God came upon Mary. Got her pregnant with his son. That's like nothing I've ever seen in any church service. And now Mary carries God's son. And now Joseph entrusted to father him as a father would nurture his own. People will say, when I get to heaven, I can't wait to see Jesus. I can't wait. You're going to see him. I can't wait to see David, and I can't wait to see this. You know who I want to see? I want to see Joseph. Because I tell you, against all, and against and endured the shame, Joseph took him as his own. He didn't have to understand it to do it. He just simply did it. I'm sure he had a few hairy moments. I'm sure he had a few moments in the middle of the night when Mary was sleeping and her belly was growing bigger. I'm sure he thought, what under God am I doing? But he stuck with it. 
and look what happened. I declare over you that things are going to happen in your life that you may not understand. But I tell you, it's not about you understanding it. It's about being obedient to see it through, whether you understand it or not. People may come against you. Things may happen. But you have to have a mindset that whether you understand it or not, you're going to see it through to the end. I've had a few moments, ladies and gentlemen, to throw the teddy out of the cot. I've had a few moments where I just, you know, what is going on? But I set my heart years ago that no matter what came my way, I was going to see this thing through because my love for God was greater than anything else. My love for God is greater than saving face. Look at your neighbor and say, see love. Praise the Lord. Joseph, Jesus died. What can I say? Unconditional love. I put a little caption in here. It says, living to do right, even in the midst of what looks wrong. This is a dad. Living to do right, even in the midst of what looks wrong. You want to come on up and start praying again, and we'll hand this back to you, dad. Matthew 1, 18 to 21 says this. Now, the birth of Jesus Christ took place under these circumstances when his mother Mary had been promised in marriage to Joseph. Before they came together, she found to be pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. And her promised husband, Joseph, being a just and upright man and not willing to expose her publicly and to shame and disgrace her, decided to repudiate and dismiss, divorce her quietly and secretly. But as he was thinking this over, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, descendant of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of, from, and out of the Holy Spirit. Then Jesus, being aroused from his sleep, did as the angel of the Lord had commanded him. He took her to his side as his wife, but he had no union with her as her husband until she had borne her first son, and he called his name Jesus. See, in the message translation, it says this. Joseph, chagrined but noble, determined to take care of things quietly so Mary would not be disgraced. Such a noble individual. In verse 24, 25, in this translation, it says, Joseph woke up, and he did exactly what God's angel commanded him in the dream. He married Mary, but he did not consummate the marriage until she had the baby. And he named the baby Jesus. What an honor. And what an honor that was bestowed upon this dad. A father. A father that had many questions, but yet a heavenly interruption, a divine interception took place in his life. What about you? You think that's going to happen to you? What do you mean by that, Paul? I believe that God has divine interruptions and divine interceptions, divine intersections for every single one of us. And through the years, we're going to get plenty of opportunity to prove the point, to prove the moment. But I know this, that one thing is that I will seek inquire of the Lord. This one thing that I will do, I will seek Him. And I will find Him. And that's what God said to me years ago, ladies and gentlemen. If you seek me, you will find me. And I will show you things fenced in and hidden. You see, seek ye first the kingdom of God and His ways of doing and being right. He just wants to show us his ways. Guys, in Northern Ireland, right up until 2005, up until about June 
beginning of July 2005 in Northern Ireland, everything we touched was like the Midas touch. First years in ministry, everything was growing. It was exploding. People were ready for something different. In 2005, my worst nightmare became a reality. Our eldest son, at the age of 10, called Zachary Stephen Andrew Brady, was crushed to the ground by a motor car. He was staying with friends while I was with ministers. They were having a party. It had just been after 4th of July. They were American friends, you know, ministering in Ireland. And we got a phone call. The place that we were on the coast of Ireland had no cell reception. And yet, my phone miraculously received a text message to call them quickly. Something had happened. With the cell, cell service not supposed to be working in the area of Cushendall, Cushendon, I was able to call him and they says, come quickly, Zachary's not breathing. I wish I could tell you tonight that we raised him from the dead. I wish I could tell you tonight that, you know, he's with us today on the earth. But he didn't rise from the dead. And he's with the greatest babysitter that he could ever have gone to. And he is with the Lord Jesus Christ. Why am I telling you this? Because people look at people like me sometimes and they hear our background. They maybe say, oh, they're people of faith. You know, they're, they're this, they're that, the other thing. They sometimes hear our message and say, well, you know, they really go on this victory rant. They're really on this, you know, like we're overcomers. We're more than conquerors, like, like it's nearly OTT. But you see, when you're faced with your worst nightmare becoming a reality, when you're crushed, you're going to see what's really in you, ladies and gentlemen. And I tell you, that was a time when Karn and myself were squeezed, we really got to see what was really in us. And what came out of us, I really liked. Because I tell you, it was all God. God caught us up in his grace. I'm telling you, I look back at it and I say, Lord, what you did for me and my wife was something beyond anything that I could have ever expected. Yes, we had the tears. Yes, we walked into his room in unbelief and disbelief, his Lego land where he, people would say they're, you know, they're, you know, they're not real. They're not being real. They're not accepting that he's gone. You can't walk into your son's bedroom with a leg of lion and the clothes turned back and, and not accept that something has changed, ladies and gentlemen. But I tell you what did happen. God's grace abounded much. God's power came upon us. God's power overshadowed us. I'm not saying it was easy. I'm just saying that God's goodness helped us every step of the way. You see, sometimes when you preach a message like this tonight about being a father and a good father and risen up fathers, sometimes we think that we're preaching this from a pretty perfect world. But I can tell you, standing before you tonight, I'm not living in a pretty perfect world. My life is only what God has made it to be. And because I chose to believe him, even when the circumstance was not favorable, amen, God's goodness and grace was able and available to me. And I took everything that I could take. Amen. How many people believe that God is good in this room tonight? I want you to lift your hands with me all over this room. Begin to pray in the spirit. Come on, just let me hear your voices. Amen. Can you do that? Come on. You've heard tonight. 
Come on, just receive that anointing of fatherhood. Receive that anointing of motherhood. Receive it as I prophesied tonight over Miles and Lisa. Come on, as I prophesied over them. Come on, you receive it. You receive what God is doing. Come on, if you've been hit hard in life, I mean, other people have too. I'm not belittling them what it was. But I just want you to know tonight is that Karna myself have been through a few things also. And I'm telling you, it's hard enough when it's private, but it's really hard when it's really, really public. But I tell you, God's grace is sufficient. God's grace is enough. And I tell you, he is close to the brokenhearted in the name of Jesus. I just sense tonight that there's people in this room. You're going to come up higher. You're just going to come up and see things a little differently. Come on. Look what these people are producing, a well so that we can drink life from, a well that we can worship God in, in the name of Jesus. It's so powerful. What are you believing for? What it is with the Come on, help me pray at the end of this meeting. Come on, what is it that you're believing? What is it that you're holding out for? What is it that's happening in your life? What has the devil brought your way? What has the devil tried to do to you? What has the devil done to try to destroy you, to try and stop you? But I'm telling you, even tonight, I sense the breath of the Almighty, and he's blowing fresh, fresh, fresh wind into you, breathing it, breathing it into you, that you're going to rise. You're going to rise with fresh oil in the name of Jesus. You're going to rise with fresh strength. When Jesus needed a fresh touch from the Father, it's a Greek word and it says iniskio. And it means that God showed up. The literal translation is this, that Jesus received a fresh blast of energy right when he needed it. I declare tonight that you're receiving a fresh blast of energy right where you need it. Come on, Solapa. Just draw on that right there. Come on, his anointing is here. Come on, these precious people has made such a place for God. Come on. We haven't seen the half of it yet. Not even the first scratch of the layer of paint. Come on, God's breaking it open. Men and women are going to fall hopelessly in love with Jesus. Do you think we've had the Jesus revolution? Oh, I tell you, there's a revolution that is taking place right now. I'm telling you, God is showing up. And we're falling in love with Jesus all over again. He is our focus. He is our love. And our allegiance is to him. He is the great God. And he is king. Tonight, I declare that as you've heard this word, that that anointing of what God wants to do will rise you. Amen. It's not your works. It's his works. It's not what you can do. It's what he has done. Amen. That's what he said tonight. God shows up to do the impossible. And God shows up to Oh, Father God, we just declare such a fresh baptism of fire in this room, such a fresh baptism of love in this room. In the name of Jesus, Father God, just 
things that are wrong, Father God, supernaturally righted right now in the name of Jesus. Things, just things that are out of whack. I command them to come into line. Amen. Just, just, just things that are dead. I command them to come back to life. Amen. Where there's hopelessness. We speak hope tonight. Where you've lost your voice. We'll speak up for you while you find it again. But I say that you'll find your voice again. That you'll become a threshing instrument and a weapon in the hand of a holy God. That you'll come or and rise in this righteous strike against darkness in the name of Jesus. Come on. You can do it. God is moving. you got to just move with Him. God is empowering and He wants you to see that it can be done with your agreement. And so, Father God, I pray over every person. I pray, Father God, over those that are here, those that are listening, Father. I just pray, Father God, that that you're raising, Father God, even us that are older, Father God, up to be fathers and mothers in the church, that we can love, Father God, and we can come around, Father God, those that need help, and Father God, just bring healing in the name of Jesus. Beauty for ashes in Jesus' precious name. Come on. Guys, you can tell people how to worship, or you can show them. When I came in here tonight, there was no noise, there was no hype, but there was just a presence of God that was conducive, not to turn it on worship for you coming, but because a place of worship was prepared for your arrival. And that is the difference. Father, we give you praise for this house. We give you praise for this well. And we give you praise, Father God, for the fountain springing forth in the name of Jesus. That will not only, Father God, change a neighborhood, a city, but it will change a region. And, Father God, be part of the change of a nation. We believe it. We receive it in the name of Jesus. If you believe us, shout a big amen. Come on. Can you do something right now? Can you give the Lord a shout of praise right now? Come on.